Now back to the City Current Radio Show, hosted by Jeremy Park. Welcome to the City Current Show. I'm your host, Andrew Bartolotta. Today, we are always honored to bring you stories of individuals and organizations with inspiring stories, making an impact in our community and beyond, and powering the good. And today, we're diving into work-life balance, happiness, and how gratitude is the key to happiness with Mike Duffy, a philanthropist, TEDx speaker, and author of five books on happiness. Mike, thanks for joining us today. Andrew, I am so excited to be here today. Your listeners are going to learn some great things on how to be happier at home and at work. One of my favorite books is um, Gretchen Rubin's book, The Happiness Project. And so I've always been fascinated on um, how we can really become happier and how it really is like a mindset shift. So before we dive into your tips on happiness and gratitude, give listeners a quick glimpse at your career and why happiness is your passion. When I was 17, something tragic happened to me. I lost my mom within the span of three months. So I became extremely obsessed with three topics, happiness, resilience, and success. It led me to getting a degree in psychology and, you know, just reading everything I could possibly get my hands on in terms of the current scientific research, which I stay up to date today on, but also, and more importantly, ancient wisdom. The reason why it's considered ancient wisdom, because it's, it's still true today as it was centuries ago. So that led me to starting the Happiness Hall of Fame, which has inducted Muhammad Ali, uh, Steph Curry, the Golden State Warriors, the San Francisco Giants, the Make-A-Wish Foundation, my personal favorite, Dolly Parton, uh, and, and so many other people like John C. Maxwell that make other people happy. I mentioned you're the author of five books on happiness. Can you share those titles and what someone would learn from these resources? Sure. So my flagship book is The Happiness Book, A Positive Guide to Happiness. And by the way, all of my books are free. Um, if you're an Amazon member, just go there if you're a Prime member and you can download them for free. Uh, the Happiness Books for Kids 1 and 2, The Happiness Book for Men. So they're all there. And uh, my, my flagship book at the end has a guide that you can fill out. You know, it's a roadmap to really get you set in life. Let's talk tips and resources on happiness. I loved your TEDx Berkeley talk, which included this P plus P equals H formula. So talk about that and how the average person can increase their happiness. So my happiness formula is purpose plus progress equals happiness. You have to take massive action, Andrew, if you want peak happiness. One time I was performing a talk and at the end, my insurance guy happened to be there and he comes up to me and goes, Mike, I have the perfect plan for happiness when I'm retired. I said, great. What is it? He says, I'm going to find a beach. I said, sounds good. I'm going to find a hammock. I started getting worried. And he goes, I'm going to drink rum from sunup to sundown and I'm going to be so happy. I said, unfortunately, you haven't heard a word that I said. Um, you know, that is a recipe for alcoholism. That is not the path to pure happiness, right? So you have to get straight with your purposes in life. A dozen years ago, I sat down with a yellow pad. On the left-hand side, I wrote down the multiple purposes of my life. Be a great husband to my wife, Shannon. Be a great father to my two kids. Be a great financial advisor. 
I own Happiness Wealth Management in California, and on and on and on. And then I wrote action steps. And I really would encourage anybody that can hear the sound of my voice to do the same thing. You see, Andrew, the unexamined life is not a life worth living. You have to have purpose in life so that when the hard times come, you can stay on purpose. You have a clear goal of why you are on this earth. You are here for a reason, and the reason is to help other people. So under progress for my wife, I wrote, every Saturday night is date night. I learned a long time ago, not that I was divorced because a wise man learns from the mistakes of others, but I learned that it's much cheaper to hire a babysitter than it is a divorce attorney, right? Yeah. So every Saturday night was date night. I booked the babysitter every Saturday night. And most importantly, when that babysitter would show up, I would say to my wife, where is it that you want to go? What do you want to do tonight? Where do you want to eat? You see, Andrew, in all love relationships, they all start out where you're butting heads. But over time, you become as one. So why would you want to be mean to that other person? You're only being mean to yourself, right? So always put the people that you love and the people that are important first, and you will be blessed as a result. How do you make work-life balance work? First of all, what a lot of employers don't get right is that they have to foster a culture where it's authentic. There are going to be challenges at work. There are going to be people in different sectors of their company, like customer service, that all day long, they're going to get complaints. We're, we're only human. It's going to drag us down, right? So you have to come up with a plan for peace. Because when you stay in peace, you stay in power. When you stay in power, that's the road to success, right? So not just have, you know, food, you know, pizza on Fridays, that does nothing, right? You have to bring in speakers. And, you know, my speaking schedule has really filled out. Uh, a couple of years ago, before the pandemic, you know, it was considered frothy to have a happiness expert come in and talk about how your employers can be happy at work. Now it's like, get that guy in here. Um, so, so, you know, you have to understand that we are all human and that we need help and that we need wisdom in order to be successful at work. Now, one of those things that you could do to build a great culture is to have a charity day that people can look forward to, that people can take pride. I work for a company that gives back to the community, not just works us to death. I work for a company who values us as people that brings in wisdom that can help us not only get through our day, but grow this company and take pride in that, right? So some of the things that I recommend is to make sure that if you can, if there's space, to have some space to put pictures of your loved ones on it so that when you're on that phone and people are just really getting nasty with you, you can have a distraction. You can look at the people that you love and you understand your why. I'm on this phone call right now because I care about my children or I'm taking care of my mom and I love them. And this is just something that I have to do. So that's, that's a tip that I have as well. Let's shift to the Happiness Hall of Fame. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it's one of the coolest things that I've heard of. What is it? 
Uh, tell us about that and maybe what are some inspirational celebrity stories that you have as the founder of the Happiness Hall of Fame? The Happiness Hall of Fame celebrates, recognizes, and encourages people and organizations that make other people happy. You know, Mother Teresa's missionaries of charity are in the hall. Um, because of me going up there, you know, they, they, it's a long story, but I'll cut to the quick. I went up there with two dozen cupcakes. I gave it to the mother superior in San Francisco. She opened them up. She goes, these cupcakes are beautiful. Our friends on the street will really enjoy them. Now, Andrew, there are time in every person's life when a word or a phrase changes the trajectory of that life. When I heard her refer to homeless people as our friends on the street, the scales fell from my eyes and I stopped looking at homeless people as people down and out. And I started looking at them as my friends who I just haven't met yet. That was the moment that the Happiness Hall of Fame homeless outreach was birthed. And most days I wake up and I go see my friends on the street. It brings me great joy to pray with them right on the street, to support them financially. I, I was visiting with a friend of mine, Zach, who was born without the ability to stand up. In order for him to move, he has to drag himself by the knuckles. He has nobody in this life. And after visiting with him for six months, I said, Zach, what is your dream? Tell me, what are the desires of your heart? And he said, my my dream is to meet the players of the San Francisco Giants. Now, before COVID, every year at the Stanford University Faculty Club, we'd have a big event and people that were inducted would come out, talk about how they impacted other people's lives. And the San Francisco Giants came out with their three World Series trophies and talked about how they made people happy off the field. I called up my contact in the front office and I said, will you make this young man's dream come true? And they said, Mike, not only will we make his dream come true, you and he are going to be coming out to our premier game of the season against our hated rivals, the LA Dodgers. He will come out during batting practice and he'll get to meet both sides of the field, both, both teams. So I go back, put him in his wheelchair, throw him in my car, we go up there, the Giants meet us with two bags of swag, hats, gloves, scarves, everything San Francisco Giants. And as I'm wheeling Zach out onto the field, he says to me, Mike, this is one of the greatest days of my life. And I said, Zach, this is one of the greatest days of my life. You see, a thousand years ago, St. Augustine said, it is in giving that we receive. So that's what I would tell your viewers. Tilt your life towards a life of giving and noble purpose. That is a beautiful story and a great example of why the Happiness Hall of Fame needs to exist. What puts a smile on your face when you look at the impact that you've been able to make over your life? I'll let you in on a little secret. Whenever I talk to somebody, I play a game and my game is to make them smile. So I, what puts a smile on my face is watching a smile on your face, Andrew, right? And that, can, and that can be the game that everybody that can replicate. So when they say, oh, I have nothing to look forward to, yes, you do. 
When you're talking to somebody, say something funny, encourage them, compliment them. There's just not enough compliments today. There's too much criticism. That's why I started the hall as an antidote to what happens when you open up your laptop and you see all that tsunami of bad news come at you. I wanted a place on the internet and by the way, it's happinesshalloffame.com, where people could go and watch a video of maybe a celebrity. You know, the funniest video I have on that is Dolly Parton. And Dolly Parton is my favorite. She's written over a thousand songs. Jolene, nine to five. You name it, she's written it. And one of the reasons why she's in the hall is because her father was illiterate. He was one of 12 children, son of a coal miner, never learned how to read. Dolly Parton has given away over a half a billion books to underserved people all around the world. She is not only an American treasure, she's a world's treasure. So she sent me a video <laughs> and um, she couldn't make our event at Stanford. And she says, people come up to me all the time. I say, Dolly, are you always so happy? And I say, happy? This isn't happiness. This is my Botox. <laughs> Come on. You know, angels fly because they take themselves lightly. We all need to embrace laughter and not be so serious. Smiling is the universal language because you don't have to speak the same language, but if you smile to someone, you're extending that gratitude and showing, showing care for others just with just with the muscles in your face and the power that it brings. And we, we love Dolly Parton here in Tennessee, of course. Um, so I love that too, with her imagination library. And like you said, over a half billion books. And she took something like her father being illiterate and said, no more. I want these children to grow up being able to read and having books in their home where they don't even have to, you know, a lot of these rural places may, it may take them miles to get to a library, but being able to have those books at home to, to read and to have happiness in their life through, through reading and stuff. That's great. Where can people go to learn more about you, the happiness hall of fame and purchase your books? If you have a nonprofit or a corporation and you'd like to have me come in and speak, you can go to mikeduffyspeaks.com. If you want to learn more about the Happiness Hall of Fame, you can go to happinesshalloffame.com and all of my books are for free on Amazon. Well, Mike, it's an honor to interview you today. Thank you for coming on the show, working to power the good and to spread happiness around the globe. Thank you, Mike. This has been a production of the City Current Radio Show. To learn more, visit citycurrent.com and follow the conversation on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram using the handle or hashtag CityCurrent. Then tune in each Sunday morning across the Cumulus Media Nashville Network.